finally acting like spring here in Ohio. <laughs> you know, one day it'd be 65, the next day it's like 29. You're going, what's this? But anyway, I want to talk to you this morning. Uh, before I get even started, this has been a busy weekend uh, for us. We, Kim and I and my family, we moved into town, bought a house in town. We've lived outside of town for a lot. Matter of fact, I've lived for 20 years in the country, so coming back into the city... You guys have cars and noise more than I see out there. We usually just watch deer and stuff like that. But it's been uh, it's a transition, but it's been a good change. How many love moving? Look, if, you know, I know Mike does. He, I do it for a living. Thank you. for. Matter of fact, he moved the people out of my new house. So that's it's awesome. But I don't know where anything is. I don't. I'll prove it to you. I don't know where my socks are. Everything else I have, okay? Just <laughs> letting you know. But I'm just saying we're, we're glad to, to, uh, <laughs> to be here. I, did, I didn't know how to work the coffee maker. That worked this morning, so that was good. But I want to talk to you this morning about being a fear fighter. Fear is something the enemy uses, one of his main tools. And we need to be able to fight fear and be able to go forward and do the things that we're supposed to do and do them. I want to live life good. How about you? I want to have a good time while I'm living. I don't want to just live just mm, just trying to get through another day. You know, who wants that? I mean, I remember people going, I'm just trying to hold out till Jesus comes. Who wants to live like that? Jesus is coming, but man, let's have some fun on the way. Some of you like that. <laughs> Within the realms of the book, let's have some fun on the way. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. We want, we want, you know, everybody, all of us, I don't care who you are, we all have fears we face or fears that we deal with. Some are afraid of the past. Maybe you've, you know, done some things in the past or whatever. Some are afraid of the future. I don't know what the future holds. I'm kind of concerned about that. Some are afraid of just now. I just don't know what I'm going to do right now. So we have all of these different things, and there's all kinds of different fears. One author wrote this. All of us were born with a set of instinctive fears. Some of us have a fear of falling. I'm not saying we're all born with different things. Some have a fear of heights. Some have a fear of this or a fear of that or whatever the case is. And so, um, dads, you might have this. Fear of this statement, some assembly required. Especially right before Christmas. I put together things right before Christmas for my kids. Those are fun. They, they always look simple. And then uh, I put together a grill one time with a friend. He came over and I said, oh, I'm putting this grill together. So we both worked on the grill and we got done. Kim looked and there's all these pieces. She goes, what are those? I said, extra. <laughs> the grill was kind of warbly, but it worked for a little while. <laughs> Some of us just have a fear of failure. I don't want to do anything because I'm afraid I'm going to just do, I'm going to stink at it. I'm not going to do well. Or a, a fear of loss or a fear of rejection. That's a big one. People are just afraid. We have people that will go, I don't want to do anything. If I don't do anything, I won't let myself down. If I don't talk to anybody, then I won't get hurt if nobody talks to me. But can I just tell you, that fear comes to bite you because you know that doesn't work. People that, they'll, they'll still be, they'll come and go, nobody there is friendly to me. Were you friendly to them? Heck no. So it works on both sides of the coin. We all have different fears. Some of the most important fears, or well, not they're important, but the most popular that they quote or is fear of speaking in public. I don't want to say anything in public. I get that. Or just really, we t- said it before, fear of rejection. I just don't want to be rejected. But God commands us to fear not. He said it 366 times 
in the Bible. Isn't that amazing? 366, fear not. God doesn't want us to live in fear. He wants us to be able to walk through life or to do life and do it in a way that we're not always afraid. God gives us a challenge in Joshua 1.9. One of my favorite scriptures, my father gave me this scripture a long time ago. Well, um, my father told me about this scripture. My father's here today, but you know what I mean? He's just like, I love this scripture. So he gave it to me. I've kind of grabbed it as my own. Have you ever had one of those scriptures? It's just like, that's mine. I'm gonna, I love that one. But this is what Joshua 1 says. 1.9 says, it says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So anytime I'd ever have any kind of surgery, I had, you know, as a, as a former weightlifter and bodybuilder, I had a, my shoulder out. I got a screw in there. And uh, when I went for shoulder surgery, the last thing I remember the anesthesiologist saying is, good night, Mr. Griepen. <laughs> Just being real. <laughs> but I remember quoting that scripture out loud. I don't know how it came out. I would not be afraid or discouraged. Good night, Mr. He's probably like, let's get this guy out. He's just not... <laughs> But anyway, I, you know, that's just kind of what just I don't want to be afraid. Now, you know, maybe we, we always think that girls are like, oh, I don't, you know, but guys are not supposed to be afraid. I think everybody deals with some form of fear or another. I don't want to go through life being discouraged. But life can get tough, can it? I mean, there's some things that you just don't count on that just happen. You're like, wasn't seeing that. Didn't see that coming. But you're going to have to understand you can do this with Jesus. I don't want fears to keep me from living my life to the fullest. I don't want fears to keep me from being fully alive. I don't want fears to, to be passed down to my children because I just was afraid to do or take or do anything for God. Fear operates by being used by you and me. That's how it gets its life. When we use it, that's how faith operates the same way. When we use it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, Romans ten seventeen. But we have to use it. We have to take that faith for that to build. Come on, somebody. You got to start doing what God is asking you to do and, and living the way he wants. Fear will just come in and it can stifle you. We got to deal with some of this stuff. Figure some of this out together. We, we can do that. You know, there's a famous movie before, and it was Forrest Gump. Most everybody saw it. And Forrest says, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I say this. Life is like a jar of jalapenos. What you eat today will burn your butt tomorrow. <laughs> that was worth just coming for, I'm saying. We got to understand, God wants you to live past what you are dealing with. Whatever's keeping you back, whatever's holding you down, whatever you've been just like, man, this is just... God wants you past that. I got four thoughts to help you beat fear today. Here's our first one. We got to tell God. We just have to admit to God, God, this, this kind of scares me. You know, kind of, can I just say this? God doesn't always do everything. He doesn't check with you. Hey, is this okay, Brad, if I do this? Oh yeah, God, go ahead. That's good. I think you'll be all, that's fine. We talked about living in town. My first reaction was, no. I, I, I'm not against living in town. I just didn't want to be living in town. And I spoke adamantly about, I, I'm a country boy. I'm going to stay in the country. And I'm, you know. But I'll, I'll, I, part of me, I've got to be obedient. Listen how quiet that is. Oh, yeah. That's that part. 
Sometimes God's going to do something or want you to do something, and you might not always go, I, I don't get it. Have, have, how many have parents? <laughs> People, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> you have parents. <laughs> have your, your parents ever told you stuff that, you know, you're like, I have no idea why you're telling me this. This makes no sense to me. But they'll say, you know, it's for your. Yeah. Love that parent line. But then when you grew up, they got smarter. When you were then, when they told you that, you're like, you don't even have a clue of how life is. But then you got older, you're like, they had a bigger clue than I thought. Because I probably was clueless most of the time. God wants to do some things you might not even see, but if you trust him and you tell him, he has your future. Notice we're not stopping ourselves and we're not really giving life to our fears because people are like I'm not speaking because life is in your mouth. Life and death. The Bible says that it does. Listen to me now. Listen to me. When you are in the counsel of God, when you are talking with God, you're in a safe zone. If you can't tell God your fears or you can't say anything, then how are you going to confess anything? He knows my thoughts. I get he knows your thoughts. But you have to do your voice. But in the counsel of God, you are safe. I'm going to say that one more time. In the counsel of God, you are safe. You can tell God anything that you need to tell God, and you are safe. What we do is we start talking to the problem. And that's good if we're talking to the problem, telling the problem about our God. Or we just spend our time telling God about our problem. And that's good. But then we never attack the problem because we're telling God about something he already knows we're dealing with. And you know what he's going to tell you? I got it. Go deal with it. So now he's going to transfer that authority back to you for you to go tell the problem what he said. And when we do that, we start attacking those things that now are holding you down. You're not giving them life because in the counsel of God, you got your game plan. You understand that? You got your orders. God will start downloading to you how to fight what you're afraid of. So let me ask you, what are you afraid of? I don't want to end up like so-and-so. Or I want to break this. This happened in my family over and over again. Or this or that. Or I'm afraid this will happen. Or this will fall. Or this and I you know, I got all these things. We could all come up with something. Is it? Is it just the rejection thing? Well, if I don't say anything, then I won't, you know. But then you live your life really just kind of sheltered in your own little world. Never really experiencing what it's like just to be free and have fun. You know, there's, there's times that people just, they're, they're not comfortable with, how they look or, or because they don't look like Ken or Barbie. How many people do you know that look like Ken or Barbie? I mean, for real. And if they do, they're probably like, I'm hungry. Here's a cracker. <laughs> Sometimes y'all just need a burrito or something that's real big, you know. Feed some of those people. I want to go to, have you ever been to a restaurant and you eat something and you're like, hot dog, that's good. And then there are people like, I can't have that. You just want to go, I'm going to eat yours too. (laughs) 
We got to tell God about what we're afraid of. God, this is what I, I, you know, I don't want this or I don't want that. It's okay because God is saying, all right, tell me. But I'm, I'm just telling you, when you get on his lap, he's going to love on you like he always does. He's going to listen to you. And then he's going to tell you how you can beat what you're afraid of. Sooner or later, you're going to climb down off his lap and you got to go take care of business. What we're doing when we talk to God and we're confessing those fears. First John says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Sometimes just being afraid isn't a sin. But just the, the power of confession of just saying, God, this is bigger than me. And God would say, I know, and I'm bigger than that. There's something about when God says, I got this, that you're like, if you could listen to what I'm telling you today, you cannot be afraid. Does it mean that everything will go away instantaneously? No, I'm not Emerald, and this isn't BAM. Now, part of it could happen that way, but it is a mindset. Come on, somebody. It is getting my mind in tune with him and saying, this will go. I'm going to be David. I'm going to kick that giant. Why? I have the authority from Abba Father. I got dad telling me, I got this. Go on. Here's five stones. Take his head off. So we have to be able to understand, God, I don't have to be afraid. Not in that way. Our second thought this morning is take the risk. We're going to be honest. What we've done up to this point for most of us probably hasn't worked. I remember Bill Wyatt. I love Bill Wyatt. Been his pastor for about 18 years and they have adopted about a gazillion kids. Or, you know, not only adopted or fostered. If they ever got a kid, I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be a Wyatt because they probably will just adopt them or something. But which is cool. But I remember they had one of the many I, are you in the building, Bill? There you are. How many kids have your family ran through? See? 60. This is like there was a lady that lived in a shoe. Her name is Christina, and she'll tell you what to do. She's back there. I mean, she's got kids hanging off of everywhere. There's, you know, and I remember there was after church one day, and this is what I'm thinking. And I'm just being human. I'm thinking, God, thank you for Bill, and thank you those kids aren't mine. Because he's got so many, I couldn't remember their names. Now you know why they're Josiah, Josiah, you know, they didn't all name him that way. So, okay, I'll just move on. They're not all the same letter. But what he's doing, they were climbing, trying to get in the van. And he was telling the one little girl, he'll probably remember this. No, no, don't, honey, don't do that. Don't, do not, do not, no, don't do that. And she just looked back at him, he goes, don't climb, don't, don't climb, don't. She climbed anyway, and just like a, a pinball machine, bing, 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 bam, and hits the ground, fell out of the van, and starts the siren. <laughs> These words live in infamy. Bill goes, how'd that work for you? <laughs> you ever think that God is like that? You're trying to do something, and he's going, don't do it. Hey, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Bing, 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 bing. How'd that work for you? All I'm trying to say is you're going to have to take the risk. You know how you spell faith? R-I-S-K. You're going to have, because risk is something or, or doing what God wants. You can't always see it. You can't always see it. If you can see it, it doesn't take any faith. God's going to tell you to do something. You're going, God, that doesn't make sense. Remember, the enemy's going to get you in your five sense realm. What you see, what you hear, what you take. That's in the realm he works in. 
you're going to have to take your natural, leaning on something that's bigger than you, God, super, and your his super, your natural, supernatural. And then you'll get downloaded something that God's telling you to do. And now you can do something. If you're going to, if you want something you've never got, you're going to have to do something you've never done. If you want to get past where you are, then you're going to have to change. If the horse is dead, dismount and find another ride. Giddy up. <laughs> if he ain't going, do something else. God, this isn't working. Do you have a plan? Because we'll try things our own way. And our own way can only get you so far. And in natural ability, you know, charisma will take you so far. But you better have something to back that up. Ladies, listen to me. Young lady, if he just looks good in a pair of jeans, you better have something better than that. Did he just say that? You bet you I did. He's got to have something better than that. He better have some character. He better have a good work ethic. He better be able to take care. Come on. We need people that are going to say, God, this is bigger. You are bigger than anything I face. Take the risk and believe God at his word. Use it like a sword. Jesus did it. It, it is written. The enemy would come at him and say, you could do this. You could do that. And Jesus would say, no, it's written. Revelation says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb covenant and the word of their testimony. Take that word and just use it like a sword. I will not. You're never going to have that paid off. God says he supplies all my need according to his riches and glory. You can just shut up because my God says I will have everything. And you begin to declare that and get your thought life on what God says. But I'm afraid I won't make it. According to God, you're going to make it if you lean on him. Find a word and use it. Speak God's word. Sometimes it's going to seem not natural. Remember Peter. Jesus saying this to Peter. I want you to take the nets. I want you to throw them over. Take the fishing nets and put them on the other side of the boat. Just go ahead. Peter says, we have fished all night. But if you're telling me to, I'll do it. Listen to me. He might be telling you to do something you've done a hundred times. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm walking this thing. I, it's, I, I haven't written the book. Do I know it all? No, I don't. I had made up my mind. I will not live in the city. Guess where I'm living? I'm living in the city. And I'm okay with it. I feel good about it. I'm happy about it. But listen to what I'm telling you. In all of this, in all of, you know, I'm just like, okay, God. We were praying one morning, Kim and I, doing our devotion. And she said this to me. She said, honey, I know you love land and all that. What if? Have you ever said what if? Sometimes we say it in a negative tense, don't we, though? We always like, what if? What if this, they don't have any left? And not, you know, whatever. You can fill in the blank with whatever sale or whatever. But, you know, what if? She said, what if? And you've said this, and Pastor Gary has said this. God has hidden treasure for you, from you, to the right time for you to find it. That's how that coin was in the fish's mouth. Think about it. I mean, just like. Could God be having something for me that I've walked over this a hundred times, but today's the day? Could that be true? She said, what if God had something for us? Maybe, and, and a year ago or more, the house that we bought and we're living in today, just freshly living in, wherever my clothes are, today. <laughs> we couldn't get it then. 
because our house wasn't in contract. And so she said, just what it, would you be willing if God said that, would you do it? Well, now when I look in those beautiful eyes, <laughs> would you be willing to jump off the Empire Statement? Yes, I will. I would go do that right now. <laughs> I said, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, I'll, and I told her, I said, honey, I'll do whatever God says. And she goes, I know. But I just don't want to limit God. We limit God by what we're afraid of. What we decide, God won't do because we're afraid. So what we did is in that day, I went and looked. And the house that she loved, that we couldn't get, that day came on the market. That day. I called Justin. Um, the, if you need a realtor, there's a plug for him. Go find him. He'll, he'll sell your house and find you another one. And I said, I need to see this house today. And you need to be ready because she's going to walk through and she's going to want it. And we had, we had just had an offer on our house. So our house had just went into contract, what, days before? And we didn't know what we were going to, you know, we're like, okay, God. I couldn't see where we were going to go. Are you with me? I look, there's the house. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, I think God's up there going, angels, watch this. <laughs> it's going to make him, it's going to be great. Come here. So anyway, and then boom, the next thing you know, now I'm living in that house that she wanted over a year ago. We will limit God by being afraid to walk with him in the way that he wants you to walk with him. It doesn't mean you don't love him. Please understand. We can, we can still love God and still we hold back. We all do that. I've done that. But God wants you to take the risk. Safety is always in the things you know. Faith is in a lot of times the things that you just have to trust him. You don't know. Now, my mom and dad are here today. And as parents, you know, even with my kids, we never said stuff to my kids that were stupid. Play with knives. Here's a big one. Go on. Walking to school, my mom never said, take chances. When you walk across the street, just look one way. Be a speed bump today. She didn't say anything like that. She's always saying, be safe, you know. And so in the safe world, in the known world, we always do that. And some of that's common sense. There's nothing wrong with that. But when we're talking about God, in God's unknown, what you don't know, he knows is safe. What you call unsafe, I don't know. God is saying, it's safe. Peter, I'm here. Come on. I don't know. It's safe. Come on. I don't know. Are you, are you catching this? We need to take the risk and understand what God is calling you to do. You don't have to be afraid. Just because you don't know it, if dad's telling you to do it, he's got you covered. This, I mean, this is better than all state. You're, you're in better hands. This is better than nationwide. There's an agent in the building. But he's on my side. Spiritual growth involves risk. At least Peter got out of the boat and it led to Jesus. What he didn't think could happen when he started walking on water, that would be pretty cool. 
it led to Jesus. If we just do something risky just to do it, that's called stupid. But if we're doing something that God says, I got this. Have them sit down in groups of 50. Uh, maybe you didn't understand. We have five loaves and two fish. Math probably wasn't your major. So this isn't going to work out. That's great. You're going to feed them. Set them down in groups of 50. And yet the unknown now perpetuates into the known. It becomes a reality. Because somebody has to go, I don't even understand it. But okay. You said it. Now, you might know this phrase. Your parents might have told you this. Because I said so. That's fun. Especially when you're a kid. I want to know why. Because I said so. (laughs) Not good enough. My mom never explained that. Never felt she had the need. But when you get older, you find out they really meant what's best for you. They're trying to tell you something without going into detail. They're just saying, just trust me. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is doing the right thing, even when you're afraid. John Wayne said it this way. Courage is saddling up even when you're afraid not to. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Faith without works is dead. You're going to have to put this to action. I mean, I want to, we're getting a video ready. I want you to see this clip, but I love this clip because sometimes God has got you doing something and you don't really understand why you're doing it. You're doing it over and over again. And you're like, really? I, I don't know. God, this isn't getting me anywhere. I want to do this. Why am I doing that? How many has ever taken piano lessons or guitar lessons? And when you go in there, you want to be. I want to be like Wyatt South, you know, and this is what he's saying. Or if you want to be a drummer, they're going to do this. My grandma can go. I want to go. I want to, you know, I want to do this and I want to do that. And they're like, no, you got to do this. Sometimes in life, you're going to have to do some things and God is getting you ready to do something big. But you're in training and you don't see what you're doing. But he's got you to do something else. Check out the video. Come here.
Pretty amazing, isn't it? See, you're in training, man. Things are happening that you need to understand that God is doing. He's telling you, jack it on. He's telling you, you might be thinking, I, I, you know, God, these kids, I'm trying to get them to catch the concept. Do you understand? Sometimes kids don't catch what you're trying to tell them for a long time. Jack it on. Six times my daughter took off her shoes on the way to church. Six times she got spanked. Oh, help me, Jesus. Jack it on. Every mom in here, you know why you want a van? Because you can get to your kids without getting out of the car. Come on. My wife, that, my kids knew their party was over. And as soon as that little armrest come flipping up and she started going back in the back there, you could hear the boys, uh-oh. <laughs> Mallory had the halo. <laughs> Zach could be like, she never does anything wrong. No, she just never gets caught. That's all. No, she didn't what I'm telling you is sometimes life is like that and all we see is what we are doing. This young man in this clip is basically, this guy made him take his jacket on, to put his jacket off, throw it on the ground, pick it up, put it on, take it off, put it on, take it off, hang it up, blah, 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 blah. hundreds of times a day, thousands of times in a week or whatever, day after day. And all this kid said is, all I'm doing is doing this. And what the guy is saying, you think you're doing that, but you're really training for something else. God has got you for something bigger than what you think. This mundane job you have or, or what you have to do, or maybe your job is not mundane. That's even all the more awesome. And you love what you do. That's cool. But I'm telling you, just in life, there are things that you are afraid of, and God is training you for something bigger, better than what you could imagine. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. You see, the, the war is so much in between your ears. What you're afraid of. It's from the things that the enemy is throwing at you between your ears. He'll get you to worry. He'll get you consumed by worry of what would be, what could happen, what might happen. Rejection. Do not speak life to them. Stay focused. That's point number three. Our thought three is stay focused. Keep your guard up because somebody's coming to the door. And I'd love to leave this point out. Brett, you need to be more positive, but I'm telling you, fear, if you, you do what I say, fear is going to leave. But fear will be back. You shouldn't say that, Brett. 
You shouldn't tell fear. I'm just being positive. I'm positive fear will try to come back. It's going to come back and knock on the door again. You're going to have to continually in this life say, you know what? I'm going to think on these things. I'm not going to think on that. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to fight fear God's way because he's bigger than what you're afraid of. Here's our last thought this morning. Action is required. If you fail, that's what people. Well, what if I what if I fail? God doesn't. God doesn't fail ever. He's never lost. Even when Peter sank, Jesus picked him right back up. And I love this. If you go on to read the scripture, they walked back to the boat together. Now, I'm not even real sure what swag is. But I think if I was Pete, I'd be like, that's right. Me and Jesus was walking on the water. Bet you liked that, didn't you, Thomas? I mean, they walk back to the boat together. There's 11 other dudes in the boat, probably at that point going, I knew I should have got out. I should have got out. (laughs) Take the risk and focus. Brett, what if I don't know what to focus on? Focus on God. What's his word say? Focus on that. We have all of this thing. I, I need to understand it. I get it. Now, listen, I just heard Bill Johnson say this last Thursday. I understand questions and questions are good. You can ask a good question because how are you going to get answers if you don't ask questions? But there is a part where all you have to understand is this. If God said it, I don't have to have it answered. I just have to trust. You just have to believe what he says. You're just going to have to trust God. You're going to have to listen to what he says and just trust him. And he'll tell you the answers when you need to know them. We used to say that you're on a need to know basis. If you need to know, he'll tell you. But I mean, part of that's just trusting God. You'll work it out for my good. And this is we live in a in a world that we want everything right now. We want everything right now. We want to do as least as we can and get as much as we get, can with this little work in it. It doesn't have to be physical labor, but you know. And this is what our mentality is. Give me as much for what little investment I have. And I'm not saying that's a stupid mentality because if you can get a lot for just a little investment, that could be smart. But think of what it would be if you were all in. The Bible talks about that. If we give sparingly or sow sparingly, we'll receive sparingly. If we sow generously, we receive generously. Now, we don't, I, don't, I do sow because I know God's going to take care of me. And I do receive because I know he will. But my motive isn't I'm just sowing so that I can get more. My motive is I'm sowing because he's telling me to. And it's his anyway. And in the midst of me just being obedient, he just blesses me. So understanding I'm going to stay focused. I've said this before. I'm going to say it. And and I want you to still love me because you'll help me. In heaven someday, we'll find those clothes. And, and the people that helped me move would say third floor. Yeah, somewhere on the third floor. Part-time Christians don't get full-time benefits. We want all the benefits from being all in, but we really don't want to be all in. What would happen if you were? Can I, can I say, and, I, and I'll say this as much love as I can, my children never have to worry if I'm all in. Never. 
They don't even question that. My sister would never worry. If I would see any of my family in peril. I mean, do you understand? Check this out. If the building was on fire and my family was in here, especially this lady and my children. I'm coming in the building to get her out. That's not even an issue. She doesn't even have to wonder. You know what she's going to wonder? I wonder who's going to try to stop him. That's what she's going to wonder. Because I would be willing to risk my life to save hers. But Jesus was risking his life to save everybody. Think about that. But if it was my family as well, if I saw them in peril, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, it's just part of who I am. What happens if you're all in? What would happen if you were all in? What happens if you said, God, you know what? This hasn't worked for me being part-time. What if I just said, okay, I'm in. I mean, even when it comes to giving, when I first started giving, I, I didn't want to tithe. I mean, you know, that's, that's always good. Here's the pastor. I didn't want to tithe. I wasn't a pastor then. And I'm like, I'm not giving God 10%. And the pastor said, well, it's already his. No, it ain't. I got it in my wallet. <laughs> and he would say, you know, he said, Listen, I want you to do this. I want you just this next Sunday. Will you do this? I mean, are you willing? Are you willing to try something? All okay. right. Just give 1%. And I said, okay. So I gave 1%. And then so after service, he said, how'd it go? I said, that was, that was okay. It was 1%. That's not bad. He said, great. Next week, try two. He's on a, I see a pattern forming. And that's what he did. And, and then pretty soon, you know, but God, because now listen to me, because giving is a heart issue. There's not a magic amount. I mean, they, they do talk about 10% in the Bible, and we've talked about that, and I've taught you about that, but I'm, it's a heart issue. All I have is God's, and I started doing what God told me to do, and he started blessing me. Things started happening. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you because you're going to have to get your faith past what you already know. Where you are now, at one point, was a stretch. Now you're here and you're resting. Let's get past it. God, what do you want? me to do i mean obviously god has everything but he wants you to to do things that will cause you to live your life to the fullest so that you can enjoy it i love the promises god says i'll never leave you i'm going to tell you this story and we're just about finished god so far today i've not cussed i've not been angry i've not gave mean looks I haven't stolen anything. I haven't thought any bad thoughts and I didn't have any road rage. I haven't gambled, but God, I'm about to get out of bed. <laughs> you ever feel like that? I'm just getting started. Huh? You're going to wake up and every morning there may be different things that you'll face. There may be that one customer that you're like, oh, for real. How about the people that you go and you're, you're, they're supposed to wait on you for food and you're like, why do you work here? Some assembly required. You're going to have to just say, God, I'm just trusting you because I want to reflect Christ. I want to do the things you want. I want I don't want that to make me live in fear. 
I want to respond in such a way that it doesn't matter who's walk, watching or I can just be, I can take the high road and, and do what God wants us to do. And can I tell you, it doesn't matter what you do, but you're going to need to understand that God always wants you to take the high road. See, there's all day long for those that didn't understand that karate kid with jacket on. How about Mr. Miyagi? Send the floor. Wax on, wax off. All day long, you're going to be breathing in. You're going to be breathing out. You're going to be living this life. Let's do this in a way that we don't do it afraid. It's time. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time. It's time we started doing what we've longed to do, but we haven't had the courage to do it. It's time we quit being afraid and took that step forward. It's time we started trusting God instead of trusting man. It's time we jumped all in. We fear too much because we trust God too little. These last two scriptures and then we're going to close. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. Psalm 118, 6. What can mere people do to me? Let me ask you today. Are you afraid? What's stopping you? Because it doesn't go away if you don't put action to it. Faith without works is dead. And everything in the kingdom works by faith. Everything. So if we don't want to be afraid, you might have to do it afraid. That's a quote from Joyce Meyer. You might have to just, I'm going to step out in faith. God, I I don't understand all this, but if you're telling me, I'm okay with that. I might have to throw my net down, even though I've done it a hundred times. I might have to put my jacket on, even though I've done it a hundred times. What I love in that clip is the little boy, after he, you know, he blocks all that, and then he goes, he looks at his hands like, oh my. Then he realizes he connects the dots, training. I've been doing this all along and didn't know I was doing it for another reason than what I thought. My friends, could it be that you've been doing some things for a long time in a good way that God is getting you ready for something even better? Bow your heads and close your eyes, please.